On this Valentine's Day, we're celebrating with flowers, chocolates, and of course, balloons. We'll get the latest on what Joey's shot down and what China might be up to. We'll also review the state of Joey B's union from the big speech last week. That, plus the news of the day on this episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. With Kurt Wheeler, I'm Dale Carter, and uh, this is our uh, podcast on Valentine's Day. A whole lot of stuff going on here. Um, first of all, just point of personal privilege. I guess it's my podcast, so I don't have to really take a point of personal privilege. Do <laughs> I, Kurt? True. No. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's my parents' 53rd wedding anniversary today. Oh, wow. They got married uh, during an ice storm in southern Indiana on February 14th, Valentine's Day, 1970, and today is their 53rd wedding anniversary. I kind of wonder if my stepfather knew what he was going to get into with my brother and me if he would have run the other way, <laughs> run like a man on fire. But he did. He's the man who didn't have to be, and, and I'm very happy uh, that he is in our life and that they are both still doing well. Their birthdays are in February. He turned 79 on February 1st, and my mother turned 79 yesterday. So they got everything in their lives done in February, right? Yeah, that's fantastic, so man. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, want to thank our uh, sponsors on the podcast. Of course, Bob Watson with us. Um, he was our first sponsor, wasn't he? Yep. Him or Dingman, one of the two. Maybe it was a tie. Uh, they're pre- pretty close, yeah. yeah. Bob Watson, State Farm Agent in Blue Spring, 7th and Main, 816-229-7878, Auto Home Life. If you can insure it, Bob Watson can quote you, and he's got a full staff ready to take your call right there in Blue Springs. But he can work in both states, Missouri and Kansas, 816-229-7878. Call Bob Watson for all of your insurance needs. Royal Roofing and Solar is with us. Austin Watterson and his team at 816-540-7057. They would love to put a new roof on your place. In fact, the government stands ready to help. They've got tax credits and grants for small rural businesses and uh, ag producers as well. If you fall into one of those categories, make sure you call Austin and his team at 816-540-7057. And if it makes sense, not a virtue signal, not that you can go around like driving your Tesla and say, look at me, look at me, I'm driving an electric car. Maybe you can turn your house into an energy producer with solar. If it makes sense, Austin and his team will show you how that's done at 816-540-7057. Funhouse Pizza, that's our boy Jim Dingman. He was at the Super Bowl. Oh, no way. He was. He's. I want his life. Oh, yeah, he's, there you he, go. He's going to, like, Pebble Beach and watching golf. He's at the Super Bowl, um, and, and he's running two really great pizza places in Kansas City. If you like your uh, toppings piled high, Jim Dingman's Funhouse Pizza is what you need. 50 Highway in Lee Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Uh, and when the weather gets nicer, we'll uh, schedule our spring outing. Somebody asked me about that on Facebook the other day when we're going to do a live um, podcast again, and we'll get that done here at some point. Uh, but if you've got a family party you want to plan, a birthday party or whatever, Jim would love to take care of you, either in Lee Summit on 50 Highway or 7 Highway in Blue Springs. And while we're talking about our sponsors, uh, the, the latest to join us is Dr. Mark Taramina at Midwest GI Health in Lee Summit. If you're of an age, if you're 45... We know Kurt's a lot younger than that. Uh, I'm going to be 60 this year. I wonder if I need to get my second one. Holy shit, man. 
You're do old. Need, do I need to get my second one? Yeah, you probably need to get your third one. Well, we'll get. <laughs> I've had one, so maybe Doctor Mark will uh, help me out with that. But an Army veteran trained at Walter Reed. Um, he's he's got a great staff. Joan on his team trained at Dartmouth in New Hampshire. Um, colon cancer screening awareness. That's what we need to make you aware of because a colonoscopy can save your life. Mm-hmm. Colon cancer is a killer. And uh, Dr. Taramina and his team at Midwest GI Health and Lee's Summit, uh, they are at 816-836-2200. You can find them online at MidwestGIHealth.com. And if you're um, following us on the video version of this on YouTube or Rumble, you can see all this stuff, uh, all the websites yep. that we talk about and all that, and all the video clips. And trust me, there's a lot of video on this one today, so we're going to have a really fun time. Let's jump into it immediately. The Kansas City Chiefs do exactly what they did in Super Bowl 54, and that is come from behind to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. 38-35 was the final. Now, I'm going to out myself here. Oh, boy. You ready for this? I'm ready. Do you know what an emotional hedge bet is? No. I didn't either. I was talking to one of the guys here in the office, and you know I do uh, commercials for FanDuel on KFKF. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I'm not a big better. It's just not my thing. It never has been. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Um, But I'm like, the line is Philly by one and a half. So what if I bet on the Eagles to win, right, put some money down, but really want the Chiefs to win? So I'll feel really great if the Chiefs win, but if the Eagles win, I'll get a little bit of money out of it, right? But then if the Chiefs win, you'll feel good, but you'll lose money. Yeah, well, that's what happened <laughs> um, because I did it. And, and um, our, our guy back there told me that uh, that's called an emotional hedge bet oh, because yeah. I was so emotionally into the game that this was a way to go, well, if they lost, hey, at least I won a couple of bucks out of it. So I lost a couple of bucks, not really worried about that. Um, the Eagles, on the other hand um, – which order did, it, did we want to take these in? I can't remember. The riots well, I ha- first? I have the, yeah, I have okay. the riot first. So, um, and I think this would have happened at your hometown. I yeah. think it would have happened whether they won or lost. Yeah. There are just certain places in this country that there's a collection of people waiting to set shit on fire. Yeah. And that's what happened in Philadelphia. Yeah, I have to say, being, being from Philly, I mean, we have probably the worst sports fans in the world well not in the maybe not in the world because soccer fans are pretty bad uh, elsewhere but in america for patriots sure. fans are pretty bad too yeah, and yeah. they were really rotten in oakland which is why they moved to vegas oh yeah well yeah there you go <laughs> but uh the last time that the eagles won in 2018 they had some kind of partnership or something with uh crisco the yeah. the uh you know, the baking oil, mm-hmm. and they oiled up all the telephone poles so that people wouldn't climb up the telephone poles because that's just what they do. They climb telephone poles, they flip cars, they set shit on fire, and uh, when they lose, they riot. So here you go. I mean, you know, to me, this is worse than January 6th. Yeah, yeah. It's probably worse than the Civil War. It's worse than 9-11, for oh, sure. Oh, worse than 9-11. <laughs> Just horrible. Okay, so and I have a lot of friends who are Philadelphia Eagles fans, and they were bitching like you would not believe because there was a call made at the end of the game. Okay, it was defensive holding in the secondary. It's amazing when something like this happens, Kurt, how many experts there are in the rules of football and when a penalty should be called. The defensive back actually admitted 
that he held our wide receiver. And he says, I was kind of hoping that they would let it go. And you know, Jesse Waters on the five on the Fox on Fox News Channel, I mean, I agree with him politically, and I watch that show almost every day. But what a pussy. I mean, he goes on the air yesterday, and he's, he's whining about this call. And he's like, yeah, the guy admitted it, because if he didn't admit it, he'd get fined by the NFL. That's a crock of shit. If, yeah, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I mean, if he went on there and he said, oh, these officials are just horrible, blah, 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 he probably would have gotten fined. If they ask him the question and he goes, well, you saw it. I mean, he, there are ways to, to, to get around that. Um, but he said, I did it. He wouldn't have to say, I did it, if he didn't do it. Yeah. And then, you know, because I go to bed really early, um, I didn't watch the second half until yesterday. I had it on the DVR. So I'm watching the second half of the game. First of all, an amazing coaching job by Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes has uh, talent and heart unmatched in any quarterback that I think I've seen in my lifetime. Just the comeback and the way that they, they engineered the whole thing. But as I'm watching the game, Kurt, there were a couple of plays in the second half. There was what looked to me to be a catch by the Eagles, right? And then there was a hit, bang, bang. And then Nick Bolton picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. I was going to mention that too, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, what about that? What about that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there was a catch. It was like a deep pass and out route, and the receiver bobbled it as it went out of bounds. Yeah. yeah. And they allowed that catch to stand. Yeah. Okay. I can go back further. The first time that Patrick Mahomes was in an AFC championship game was against uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots. Mm -hmm. D. Ford was flagged late in the game for being in the neutral zone. Why didn't they let that go? Right. That could happen on any play, Kurt. So the Kelsey brothers have had this podcast going, right? Um, Jason, of course, plays for Philadelphia. He's the center for the Eagles. And what I'll say about the Eagles is they are a fine football team, and it would not surprise me if this was the matchup next year in the Super yeah. Bowl. So Jason Kelsey is the center for the Eagles. His brother, uh, Travis Kelsey, is the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they've been together on this podcast. And they took up this issue, and fans of Philadelphia, really of, of the Chiefs too, need to watch this because you, you shouldn't bitch about the officials. Good teams, great teams can overcome officiating because officiating is a human factor in the game. So play it. I cannot stand people blaming referees. We had so many opportunities to win that football game that we didn't take care of. 100%. There's a feeling now, more than ever, and I think part of it's just because of replay and the ability to slow things down and everything's in high definition. So it's very apparent when an official doesn't make the correct call or misses something, right? Yeah. Officials ain't going to be perfect. They ain't going to make every call. And the reality is you got to go out there and play the game that's called. That was a face mask on Dallas Goddard. No, it wasn't. You know why? Because they didn't f***ing throw the goddamn flag. All right? So it wasn't a face mask. Right? It's a loser's mentality to put it on somebody else. I'm with you, man. It really bothers me when people put it on officials. I've done it in, in the past. I've blamed games. I've blamed a playoff loss against the Steelers to a ref and told him he couldn't even work a foot locker. I've said some of the silliest, sore loser that anybody could ever say in the moment you're going to be pissed off but the reality is there's so many other moments in the game that is absolutely 100 percent correct yeah yeah i agree with him too i agree with him too and, and you know you brought up a couple other plays that that one with the catch and the fumble that turned out to not be a fumble that's a really interesting kind of rule area of football in my opinion because 
your eyes tell you something different than the rule does, right? It's like the rule is he has to have a third foot down or something like that. You have to make a football move after you catch the ball. Yeah, so you have to catch it, have two feet down, and then make a football move, which he didn't do, and that's why they said it was an incomplete pass. But you just watch it, and you're like, he caught the ball, he had the ball, caught it, landed, and then got hit and the ball came out. It's a fumble, but that's just not how the rules work. And, yeah, we could bitch about that, but, you know. We're not Nobody's going to. going to. It's like you you do it, you you get over it. Um, you know that game with the Patriots. That game went to overtime, <clears throat> and the Patriots marched down the field and scored a touchdown and won the game. And the Chiefs never touched the ball. Okay, the Bills came into Arrowhead for an AFC Championship game, and the same thing happened. And the Bills bitched about it for a year and tried to get the rule changed. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you deal with the rules that you have. You play under the rules, and and you just get it done. And, and the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, more often than not, are going to get it done. Yeah. So the rarefied air that we're living in in Kansas City is going to continue as long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback and Andy Reid is the coach. It's a great combination. Yeah, 100%. And I just have to say, too, you know, since we're on your podcast, I mean, you you have a big part in that, and uh, I'm you should feel very proud to be a, a, a part of that organization and to, to be able to, you know, live uh, and experience those moments, you know, five AFC championship games in a row. I can't imagine what that must feel like. So that that's awesome for you, man. Well, and you know, some rat bastard out there whose name I'm not going to mention. <clears throat> um, I, one of the trade magazines for country music uh, reached out to me and said, is there any betting going on between Philadelphia and uh, Kansas City morning shows? And I'm like, well, no, not really. But, you know, here's my emotional hedge. And this is what I did. You know, I'm rooting for the Chiefs 180%, 110%, whatever the, the biggest number you can come up with is. But, you know, I did this emotional hedge bet in case, you know, Philadelphia wins, at least I'll have a couple of bucks. Somebody outed me on Facebook and said, <laughs> What? The PA announcer for the Chiefs is betting on the Eagles? I mean, grow a pair. Say it to my face, asshole. Well, I didn't put any money on it, but I have to say, if you go to my Facebook page, which you have to friend request me and I won't accept anybody or everybody. But uh, back right before the divisional round, I made a prediction and I was seven of seven. I called Good all four you. divisional games. I called both AFC championship games and I called the Super Bowl. So I should have put some money on it. I could have won go. a lot. <laughs> all right. We need to move along here because you went to Mexico. Tell me about it. Oh, yeah. It was great. Um, I got a picture right here. So uh, this Is that from was, Tulum? Yeah, that was Tulum. That's so beautiful. I've been there. We went to uh, Cancun uh, for most of the time. We stayed in the resort and went on the beach and stuff like that. And then uh, we took a day trip down to Tulum. We went to Playa del Carmen um, and a couple other places. But it was great. It was a lot of fun. I got sunburned as hell. Spent all Didn't day take on my beach. advice on that, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm real bad at remembering sunscreen. It's funny because we brought sunscreen and then the first day – we went to the beach and I forgot to put it in the bag that we took to the beach. And I was like, ah, screw it. It'll be fine. And then, of course, you know, I got burnt. So that's how it goes. But <laughs> if Dr. Mark were here, he'd be getting on you about that. Yeah, probably. probably. And then we'll run a hose up your butt just to see if everything's okay <laughs> up there, too. Who knows? All right. I didn't get sunburned there, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We move on to this. This is interesting. And something that you ought to know in Kansas City if you live in the 5th District and you ever voted uh, for. Um, um, Cleaver, because you know we're going to talk about things like this. 162 Democrats in the House of Representatives voted to allow illegal aliens the right to vote in D.C. 
Right. Well, you know, the Congress, the House of Representatives oversees the District of Columbia. Yeah. And thank God there's a Republican majority right now. I I would bet that if the Democrats were in control, they would not have done this. This is a virtue signal. It's like, we really want you. We really want you. uh, But we have no power. Um, Why would, I mean, what the hell is the reason to have a country, right, if you're going to let citizens, non-citizens vote? Yeah. It makes no Even sense. Even Barack Obama said that we've got to have a border or we're not a country. Yeah. And every other country does that. I mean, uh, I mean Mexico. I, I was just in Mexico. You can't vote in Mexico if you're not a Mexican citizen. They don't just let anyone in. Why don't we let everyone in the world vote? There's 7 billion people on the planet. Let them all vote in our elections, too. Yeah, let's let babies vote. Let's How let China. That? China, you, you <laughs> folks over there, you don't live here, but what the hell? There's no borders. Uh, we'll clearly, just, we'll as we'll get into, drop uh, ballots from the balloon, you know, and they'll just float down awesome. into the into the ballot harvesting. We machines. just thought you should know that. Uh, here's something else we thought you should know: uh, there are 11 counties in Oregon um, that don't want to be in Oregon anymore. They want to join Idaho, and I saw the coverage on this, and it was really interesting. It's like these are the western counties of Oregon. We're more conservative. We more align with Idaho. Let us go to Idaho, and then you people who live on the coast who believe in socialism and government from cradle to grave and all that, you guys, first of all, you won't have anybody to fight with. We'll go over to Idaho, and you guys go do your thing. Yeah, it's a real shame because I actually haven't been to Oregon, but I've been to Washington, and that area of the country, I've seen plenty of videos and pictures and stuff. It's so beautiful. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful places in America, and... uh, Oregon in particular, but Washington too, like Seattle and Portland are just crazy, man. It's like far left BS all the time, you know. Um, it's like San Francisco almost. And so it's a shame that such a, a beautiful place and so such a rural place, you would think it would be more conservative, but mm. it's not. Well, you know, in Portland, they set stuff on fire pretty much every day. It's yeah. it's like January sixth there every day. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like it's ter- it's worse than nine eleven. Um, so what happened in Ohio? My God, I saw the the uh, picture on this. It looked like you know Hiroshima. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have a couple pictures here that I'll put up as I'm talking about it. So there was a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, or Palestine, I think it's called maybe. And it the, there's a few interesting things about this. I mean, and not a lot of questions have been answered. So there was a train that was carrying a bunch of toxic chemicals, which is not that unusual. I mean, uh, one of them was called vinyl chloride, which is apparently used in uh, like uh, oh my manufacturing. God, look at that. Yeah. This is why you need to be watching this on YouTube. because, And if you're not, if you're just listening to the audio on this, go Google this and look at some of the pictures from this. This literally looks like a nuclear um, yeah. attack. Yeah, it's scary stuff, man. It's scary stuff. And uh, so they had all these toxic chemicals. The train derails. And supposedly the, the story is that there was a danger of an explosion, right? And if there was an explosion, then you would have shrapnel going everywhere. You would have uh, all these chemicals kind of leaking into the into the atmosphere or whatnot. So instead of finding like a decent way to dispose of these chemicals, they leaked purposefully. the The local or government authorities or whoever purposely leaked the chemicals from the train cars and then set them on fire to burn them off. So that's what you're seeing. This is not from an accident. This is deliberate. The, the accident was the train derailment, but then they deliberately burned these chemicals. Crazy. And uh, you can see kind of a oh photo here of the, of the burning. And then there's a local news story that 
that does a, a decent job of explaining it. We can watch a little bit and then uh, maybe have a little bit more commentary after. But I'm Stan Boney. It's now been 10 days since Norfolk Southern train derailed in East Palestine. And tonight we know more about the chemicals that were on the train. First News digital reporter Jen Rodriguez has been in the village today taking a closer look at what else was on that train. She has those details and much more in our top story tonight at 6. We now know three more chemicals that were on board the Norfolk Southern train that derailed here in East Palestine just over a week ago. And we're being told that some of those chemicals are dangerous. We basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency sent a letter to Norfolk Southern stating that ethylene glycol monobutyl ether acrylate and isobutylene were also in the rail cars that were derailed, breached, or on fire. Cagiano says acrylate is especially worrisome. He says it's a carcinogen and contact with it can cause burning and irritation in the skin and eyes. Breathing it in can irritate the nose, throat, and cause coughing and shortness of breath. Isobutylene is also known to cause dizziness and drowsiness when inhaled. I was kind of surprised that when they quickly told the people they can go back home, but then said if they feel like they want their uh, their homes tested, uh, they can have them tested. I, I would have far rather they did all the testing. Caggiano says it's possible some of these chemicals could still be present in homes and on objects until you clean them thoroughly. Oh, there's a lot of what ifs, and we're going to be looking at this thing 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line and wondering, gee, cancer clusters could pop up, you know, well water could go bad. Kajiano recommends anyone who's in the East Palestine area get a health checkup. He yeah, that's a, that's enough of that. But I mean, so there's all these chemicals that they don't really know what's going to happen with. And there's been reports already uh, confirmed supposedly by the EPA that some of these chemicals have already leaked into the Ohio River, which is a major tributary that feeds the Mississippi yeah, River. Goes right and, by my uh, hometown. Yeah. And, and feeds, you know, the watershed of like the entire southern Jeez. United States, possibly affecting up to 30 million or more awesome. people. And uh, so it's, it brings up a lot of questions. I mean, how did the train derail? Why did they purposely leak these chemicals? Why did they purposely burn off these chemicals? Um, there's been reports of other train derailments. Mm. I mean, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on. And then you add that to all these things with like farms catching on fire, you know, the prices of eggs going up and chicken, you know, giant chicken uh, farms going up in flames. It's mm. just if you're a tinfoil hat kind of person, which sometimes I can be, to be honest, it's <laughs> very uh, it's very troubling. Well, surely, surely our secretary of transportation, you know, was all over this. The former mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Surely he was all over it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He went to a. Uh, uh, National Association of Counties Conference uh, on Infrastructure the day after or a couple days after this happened, and this is what he had to say. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build right. community <laughs> wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. Yeah. 
So Kill the white people. Too too many white people. There's in too many white people. Let's just yeah. all you white people who are listening to this podcast. If you will just commit suicide right now, <laughs> it will save this country. I mean, that's the problem, right? With the uh, with the train derailment and the chemical leak, it's too many white people. Everyone knows that. Oh boy, you know um, we're going to talk about China and balloons and all that coming up here. But I just saw this. Um, President Biden has released another 26 million gallons from the Strategic Reserve, which is now at its lowest level since 1985 or yep. 83. 83, yeah. Yeah. And why would we need, Kurt, you know, a strategic reserve? I mean, who in the world, you know, might want to take us on that we might need a strategic reserve? I can't think of anyone. I, I can't. think we'll be fine. Let's see. China, <laughs> Russia. Uh, maybe somebody. And and why is he doing it? He doesn't believe in it. We'll get to his State of the Union address. He said something very bizarre in the State of the Union address relative to uh, oil and the need for oil. Uh, but he's still releasing. He's trying to get those gas prices to come down because inflation keeps going up. That is the ugly thing that, that he just can't seem to get around. No matter how much he lies about it, no matter how much Corinne Jean-Bierre gaslights about it, um, the fact of the matter is it's going up. We feel it every day when we go to the grocery store. We fill up our gas tanks. We buy anything. Um, I had a gas leak at my house yesterday. Um, I had my gutters cleaned out, and the guy who cleaned out the gutters said, there's kind of a gas smell back here. And I went back to the backyard, and it was an area where we have our pool equipment, and we used to have a a pool heater that was uh, gas-powered, right? Uh, And it probably crapped out about 10 years ago, and I didn't replace it because, you know what, I had to fight with my kids over where they would set it. Mm. And they're going to put on my tombstone, Kurt, it's a pool, not a hot tub, because I said it so often when my kids were growing up. They'd crank that bitch up to like 105 degrees. You'd go outside, there'd be steam coming off of it. Do you know how much money it costs to heat 28,000 gallons? A lot. A I lot imagine. of money. So I just took it out. And we capped that thing, and I guess the, the, the seal broke on the cap. Um, but anyway, they came out. And I said to the guy from the gas company, when he looked at it and he turned it off and it was fine, um, I said, could this be why my gas bill has been so high the last few months? He goes, oh, no. We've had like three rate increases and you know inflation and all that. So inflation ticked up again in January, up 0.5%. doesn't sound like a lot, but the yearly cost, uh, the uh, consumer price index is now up 6.4%. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's not insignificant. Zero, isn't it? It's a, yeah, no. It's, it's, yeah, come on, man. Come on, Jack. <laughs> Zero. All right. So we have a, you know, there's new walk-up music, on, and we'll, we're drilling down now into what's going on with this whole balloon thing. As President Biden, this happened while you were in Mexico, right? Yeah. 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 So I guess it was seen somewhere in Montana by the naked eye. But Somebody called a television station and said, what the heck is this? You know, you talk about the tin foil hats. It's like, you know, is, is uh, E.T. coming down to see us or what? What's going on here? There's this big object in the sky. Um, and it turned out to be a Chinese spy balloon. And it slowly meandered over the entire continental United States. And it was obviously controlled because it went here, then it went there. And, and amazingly, Kurt, it went over like our, our nuclear missile sites. Yep. Uh, Whiteman Air Force Base, where the stealths are here in Missouri. Yep. Um, and you know, the president's like, oh, I gave the order last Wednesday to shoot it down. And, you know, the Pentagon told me that they couldn't because <laughs> um, it might fall on somebody, right? You want to tell me, I've been to Montana. 
Yeah. There's nothing in Montana. Right, right, right. You couldn't shoot it down in Montana? No. They let it go all the way across the country, and then it goes out into the Atlantic Ocean, and they shoot it down, and they still haven't recovered it because it's underwater now. Yeah. Yeah, that, that you're looking at, uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, the map of the path of the balloon. And, you know, the, I was hearing a bunch of different things. Some people were saying that it's possible that they have some kind of nerve agent or, like, uh, chemical weapon inside of the balloon so that if you shoot it down, it's going to, like, rain chemicals down on the population. Yeah. But um, I heard that from the liberal, the token liberal they have on the five, and it was the best explanation I had heard. I yeah. did not hear that from Joe Biden. Yeah. I didn't hear it from Corinne Jean-Pierre. I heard it from a liberal commentator on Fox, and it did make a little bit of sense. I mean, it's the only logical reason to not shoot it down. But even then, I mean, you, you shoot it down over somewhere that, that is is unpopulated, like in Montana or Montana. whatever. Montana. Yeah, and then you go there and you you know check it out yeah. and you and you deal with what you know you contain whatever the problem is but uh or you know you can take a jet you could drag it over yeah. take it drag it up to canada shoot it over canada yeah. you know who well, knows man they know, did nothing they did nothing that was you, the answer you know your tinfoil hat thing you know um because there are some conspiracy theories coming out of this i mean when you put electronics in the water what happens to them I don't know where you're going with they this. They frazzle out completely, right? Oh, yeah. All right. So maybe, you know, Joey got a call from on the hotline because he's, in, he, you know, there are a lot of people who think that he he kind of is being controlled by China yeah. to some extent. Or they're at least through friendly. Through his son. Yeah, they're at least you know, friendly. So maybe they told him, hey, don't do this. Yeah. You know, so anyway, they do it over water. They still haven't gotten the thing out, but we know now it was a Chinese spy. Well, and, and he takes credit for for shooting it down. Like, you know, he's he's like some kind of, it's some kind of heroic thing. They've already confirmed that the balloon, you know, you look at the picture, it had this like long kind of metallic satellite mm -hmm. looking thing on the bottom. And it had the capability of uh, transmitting data in real time. So by the time it gets to the ocean and you shoot it down, it's already sent off all the information, you know, like you're not accomplishing okay. anything. So this is this is balloon one. Let's call this balloon one. Yeah. Since that time, I think the score is now four. He's shooting down everything over land. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They shot one down over Alaska. They shot one down over Canada. They shot one down over Lake Huron. Oh, I forgot. I was supposed to do the sound effect. Let's see. Uh, here, I'll do it again. Here you go. There's a time delay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of a delay. You yeah. hear the sound first, yeah. and then you see the video. So, I mean, they're shooting down everything now. Yeah. So what does that mean? Yeah, I, it's weird, man. It's like all these things. Uh, it, there's two possibilities, right? I mean, either all these things are happening at once, and that can't be a coincidence, or they've just been happening this whole time, <laughs> and we didn't know about it, you know? Because that's that's the other kind of interesting angle on this to me is, like the the balloon thing, right? They the the government was the ones who really confirmed and told us that it was a Chinese spy balloon. If they didn't say anything, nobody would have really known. I mean, people would have seen the thing up in the sky. They would have been like, "Oh, it's a weather balloon," or people would have right. had their conspiracy theories. Right. They would have posted on Twitter, "It's a UFO" or whatever, and that would have been the end of it. But they came out and confirmed what it was. There has to be, to me at least, there has to be a reason for that too. That they actually told us, you know, in the first place. There, that nothing is, nothing happens on accident in these types of things. You know what gets me now after all of this? The balls on the Chinese. Yeah, they want their balloon back. 
<laughs> they want their stuff back. It's like, okay, you shot it down, which we really object to because it was a peaceful balloon. Yeah, we flew yeah. it over your country. You shot it down. We want it back. We demand that you give it back. It's like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know about that, man. That's crazy. But yeah, that, so if you're looking, I'll play the clip here in a minute because this is interesting too. But just the static image that you're looking at, I believe, on Fox uh, so the first object was the Chinese spy balloon yeah. shot down off the coast of South Carolina. Second object that in was Alaska. The Alaska, right? Uh, third object in Canada over the Yukon. Uh, Saturday, radar anomaly detected, no object found, and then another object shot down uh, over Lake Michigan. Okay. So, so are these little green men? Let's Hi, find out. thanks, Pat, and thanks for doing this. This is for General Van Herc. Uh, because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, uh, that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything. Uh, at this point, we continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with the attempt to identify it. Well, I'll tell you what, if they are little green men from outer space, maybe we shouldn't be shooting at them. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, what's your what's your opinion? Do you think it's aliens or China? I, you know what? I, I, I The opinion I heard that I agree with most is there's a lot of junk floating up there right now. And all of a sudden, Biden's like, well, I let that thing go all the way across the country, and I got really bad poll numbers. We better start shooting some shit down. Yeah, but, there I mean, there's junk floating in space, eh, but this is not In the space. lower atmosphere, it's probably weather balloons. It's probably private stuff. They haven't even told you what any of the other stuff is. And you know what's missing from all of this? At least Trudeau went out and addressed the situation to the Canadians, right? And he talked about NORAD and, and the you know the combined effort and all this and, and the decisive measure that he took. We haven't heard from Joe Biden on this. Is he back in the basement? I mean, where this is one of the problems with Joe Biden. It's like, he who's running this country? Right. You know, where is the, you know, fill in the blank. Where is Donald Trump? Where's George W. Bush? Where's Bill Clinton? Where's Barack Obama? Those guys would have been out in front of the cameras in the briefing room saying, this is what's going on. This is what we're doing. This is your government at work. Whether you agree with them or not, at least they would be out there leading the country. Yeah. This What the hell is this guy doing? He hasn't said anything. Nothing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, even Trump has been all, all over Truth Social, you know, posting memes and videos. He posted a video of him taking a golf swing with his driver and then the golf ball goes up and hits the balloon and blows it up. <laughs> I mean, like even he's, you know, doing something. And what are the Chinese up to here? Yeah. I mean, they've got spy satellites. We've got spy satellites. Obviously there's something they need to see from a lower orbit, right? That's yeah. because this balloon was all about that. I don't know what any of the other things are about. This was definitely a Chinese spy balloon. Yeah. What are they up to? I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think, Again, it's one of two things. It's either this hasn't happened before or it has and we just don't know about it. Yeah. I think really that's the crucial question because if it's happened before uh, or has or happens, you know, regularly, which I would certainly believe, then then the question is, you know, why are we only being told about it now? But if it doesn't 
hasn't happened before, and this Chinese spy balloon is like a new anomaly coming from China, then of course the question is, why are they doing it now? Yeah. And I think you know the answer is obviously we have weak leadership. They're trying to test uh, their limits and, and all that, you know, and they're going to well, keep doing that. And that's one of my predictions that I made that we put in a jar somewhere that the Chinese will test us before the 2024 election uh, because they, they know they've got a weak leader in there right now. His name is Joe Biden. He is the president of the United States. And unlike the Chiefs and Eagles, the ratings for the Chiefs and Eagles, Kurt, did you see it? Uh, no. 113 million people. It went up to 118 million during halftime. I guess, you know, you got some oh, yeah. Rihanna fans who right. came in who don't care about football. Did you the, watch that, by the way? And then they went away. Of course not. <laughs> I was driving from the party I went to to home to go to bed, and then I watched the second <laughs> half yesterday. But 113 million people, it was the third most viewed program in television history. Wow. Uh, and then you've got... President Joe Biden addressing the United States on all of the things that we need uh, to deal with in this country, and it was one of the lowest rated things you would ever see. President Biden's State of the Union address also saw the second lowest viewership in 30 years. The only speech with one that was lower than that was his State of the Union address in 2021. So about 27 million this year and even less than that in 2021. Yeah. So, you know, part of the State of the Union address, since it's been televised, is you get a strong-looking, vibrant leader coming out, Republican or Democrat. I think most of them have pulled this off. Even Jimmy Carter pulled this off to walk out there and say, the state of our union is strong. Where do you think Americans see the state of our union right now? Kurt, do you think they see it as strong? No, I, I don't. And it, And it's been showing in polls i mean we're about to address a poll but there's been plenty of other polls that have shown very similar disapproval ratings for the president for congress and it just begs the question i mean why do they keep voting for these people you know biden supposedly got 80 million votes and all this it's yeah just... so you know the the poll that you're referencing here comes not from fox news or uh, the new york post it comes from the washington post and abc news they are definitely not bastions of conservatism, yeah. okay? And and the headline there on the story is Americans not feeling the impact of the Biden agenda. Yep. More than 6 in 10 say the president has not accomplished much despite the passage of numerous bills. Yeah. That, that's editorializing for you. And that's from the left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they may be trying to get rid of this guy. Who knows? Um, but it is not going well in this country. And when even the ABC News Washington Post poll says that, um, then you see it. And then you go to the shit show that was the actual State of the Union. And since not very many people watched it, uh, we're doing this as a public service. We're bringing you some clips. It was almost like the British uh, Parliament, the House of Commons, yeah. because there, there used to be a decorum. Remember the, when the decorum was broken, when a Republican called out Barack Obama and said, you lie! Mm -hmm. That's all he said. Mm -hmm. And he was excoriated. Well, this is more like the House of Commons, because this new class of Republicans who have the majority in the House, Kurt, they're not sitting on their hands. Mm -hmm. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. <laughs> Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. Marjorie Taylor Green that looking like Congress a polar bear. Vote. 
Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means conversion. If, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed <laughs> by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Some of you. Keep that in mind. Look, some of you. Folks. Folks. The idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Mike Lee. Mike Lee's like incredulous pause on that face there that, that is incredible <laughs> that's the joe biden presidency in a nutshell right there that face. okay let me i'm going to do things out of order here because here's i want to address this because when he's talking about some of you say this where he's pulling that from is senator rick scott in florida okay senator rick scott is the only one who's saying this and honestly it's a conversation worth having okay Absolutely. rick scott is saying let's pass a law that every law sunsets in five years. You know, you can't just have things that go on and on and on and on. And if it's important to keep it, let's have the debate and let's let's vote it in again. You know, there are a lot of cities and towns, uh, you know, I served on a city council, so I dealt with this a lot, where there, there are tax issues that have a sunset, okay? Five years, and then we'll see how it's going, and we'll put it on the ballot again. And if the voters think that we're doing what we said we would do, they'll vote to to do it again. Social Security and Medicare are not going away. I say this as a guy who's turning 60 coming up. There would be pitchforks and and torches lit, and you talk about January 6th and, and the Philadelphia riot after the Super Bowl. I mean, that would pale in comparison to what would happen. We, You know, it's a contract that we have. It, it's not an entitlement. I want to make that clear. It's not an entitlement because when you get your paycheck and you see that little FICA thing, you're paying for it. That is part of your retirement plan. So it's sacrosanct. Um, what he's saying is every federal law is something that we should look at after five years. And the overwhelming support would be, let's fix Social Security. Let's make sure it's working. Let's fix Medicare and make sure it's working. He is so gaslighting on this issue, Kurt. Yeah, yeah, of course he is. I mean, it's the same thing that uh, Democrats have been doing for years, if not decades now. And, and, you know, you even look at the baseline spending of Medicare, for example. You can do your own research on this, but the baseline spending is on an increase. It's on an incline. So when they say uh, Republicans want to cut funding for Medicare, what they're talking about is they want to spend less more than the more more that was going to be spent the you know just based on the the normal baseline spending so it's all manipulation of language yeah. it's all pointing the finger and you know we we pulled up uh, you were talking about Rick Scott this is straight from the proposal that he uh, put together it's called the 12 point plan or something like that all and federal legislation the, let's, let's make this clear let's make this clear he is the only person who is supporting this Mitch McConnell has divorced himself from this yeah. in the Senate side he but again it's a conversation worth having yeah and I mean uh, between those two, I would certainly be on the side of Rick Scott because we do need to have the, have the conversation because if we don't, it's going to go bankrupt. And people my age are not either not going to get Social Security or it's not going to be worth shit because of inflation, yeah. because of just the entire program going bankrupt. 
everyone knows this to be the case, but nobody wants to talk about it because it's political, you know, suicide to to say we need to do something about yeah. Social Security because all the Democrats are going to come out and say, oh, you want to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's it's a problem that we need to deal well, with. Well, let's have the grown-up conversation because if you want to fix Social Security, I, I'll give you the way to fix it right now. When you make a certain amount of money, okay, there's the FICA cutoff. If you eliminated that, that would be one big step. Okay, I don't even know what it is now. I think it's like 150, 160,000. When you make 160,000 a year, Kurt, um, you stop paying FICA taxes for the rest of the year. Did you know that? No. Okay. So if you eliminate that, everybody pays FICA taxes for the entire year. And the other thing that's going to have to happen is they're going to have to increase the retirement age. They're already talking about that. 70 is probably going to be the new retirement age, not 65. We are living longer, right? Mm-hmm. People are working longer, so why not? And then there's means testing of it. I mean, it's like if you if you have Patrick Mahomes money, do you really need your thousand dollar Social Security check every month? Right. right. Maybe you don't. So maybe there's means testing involved. There are grown up ways that we can look at this that aren't. Oh, you want to kill it? See, Republicans want to take away your Social Security. How many votes does that get for them? I mean, it gets the same amount of votes as you know saying that Republicans are racist and that Republicans want to you know. Uh, control women's bodies and everything else. It's all the same smear tactics. It's all the same manipulation and control of the narrative, and it works every time. So they're going to keep doing it. All right. Joey B. kind of stepped in it during the State of the Union address because, you know, how how many times have people like John Kerry come out and said, and Al Gore, it's like, we're 10 years away from the end of the world. You know, it's it's all over. If you don't buy an electric car, it's the end of the world as we know it. Um, and guess what? Oil companies listen to all this, and they're like, why would we invest in that kind of technology if the government's going to take it away? So Biden had to wake up Mitch McConnell because, as you can see there in the clip, he looks like he's asleep. Good <laughs> yeah, Lord, Yeah, and Mitch. he's got the Ukrainian Mitch. flag colors on. Just all right. Cringe. Roll the clip. The production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. What? What? And that's going to exceed. What? Did he really say that? We're going to need it. No, it's not a joke. Production. (laughs) If they had, in fact, invested in the production to keep gas prices down. Instead, they used the record profits to buy back their own stock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. Are we? Oh, the, the talk. We gotta. We gotta do that as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this is one. basically Joe Biden race baiting. You know, just a hundred percent race baiting during State of the Union address. Most of us in here have never had to have the talk. The talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. Bo, Hunter, Ashley, my children. I never had to have the talk with them. I never had to tell them if a police officer pulls you over, turn your interior lights on right away. Don't reach for your license. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Imagine having to worry like that every single time. I never had to tell them. I never had to tell my kids, don't smoke crack. 
Yeah. I maybe you should to, have. Right? I never had to tell my maybe, kids, don't sell secrets to the Chinese. Come on, man. <laughs> maybe maybe you should have had that conversation with them. I have had that conversation with them. And you know who coached me through that was our State Farm agent, Bob oh, Watson. And you know, the last time I looked, Bob Watson's a white guy. Yeah. I'm a white guy. All four of my kids are white kids. And with the coaching of Bob Watson at State Farm, and this is another great reason why he ought to be your State Farm agent, because he's not some 800 number that's a million miles away. He's in Blue Springs at 816-229-7878. Auto, home, life, commercial insurance. Bob Watson and his team will take care of you, including coaching you through things like this. And I did, I don't know if your dad or your mom told you this, Kurt, when you were learning how to drive. Of course. I said, if you get pulled over, hands at 10 and 2, yes, sir, no, sir, no quick moves and all that, know that they've got a job to do and they never know what they're going to walk up on in a car. Yeah. So yes, sir, no, sir, and you follow their instructions to a T. And if you do that, you will not die. I don't care what color you are. If you do that, you will not die. Yeah, I mean, it's really that simple. Uh, th- this idea that there's like systemic racist, you know, racism in policing and stuff, it's just such BS. Don't commit crime. Don't resist arrest. Follow the orders of the police if you get pulled over. And there's going to be no problem. I mean, there you can talk. I I can talk talk to you know any number of people in my life of all races, and they will all tell you the same thing. Yeah. So just be a good citizen and don't commit crime. The other that. talk that I gave my kids was, do not tell the Blue Springs police officer that my dad is a city councilman to get you out of whatever you're doing. <laughs> if you step in it, you are on your own. Don't right. use my name. Now that's also a difference with the Biden family. Mm-hmm. I doubt Joe Biden ever had that conversation. He's like, hey, you get pulled over. You tell him I'm I'm a senator. I'm a vice president. <laughs> yeah, you tell him that. Okay, so I want to deal with this last. Um, because my friend Steve, who, who just likes to stir the pot, he's a Democrat, but I think he's a blue dog Democrat. He's, not, he's one of those guys who always votes Democrat, but I don't think he believes in half the shit that they believe in. Okay, And he's, it, he was getting on me about the balloon thing. He goes, if Biden had shot it down over Montana, you'd want to impeach him. You know, he shoots it down over the Atlantic, you want to impeach him. He's shooting these down, you'd want to impeach him. I want to make this very clear from the standpoint of Dale Carter's America. And Kurt, I know you and I don't agree on everything, but I hope you'll come along with me on this. The message to the quote-unquote 80 million Biden voters, there will be no impeachment. You voted for this. Suck it. You need to stay with this for at least 706 more days. No matter how far this guy drives this country into the ground, I think that's the only way people are going to learn, right? You talk about they vote Democrat all the time, they vote Democrat all the time. This guy is running this country into the ground. I don't want him impeached, number one, because look who's coming behind him. Do you want Kamala Harris as your president? I certainly don't. Okay. I don't want to impeach Joe Biden. I want you to live every stinking day of this. I want you to wake up every morning going, what the hell is he going to do today? If you voted for him, you deserve this. And the only way we get beyond this is for us to live through it. And we, we did this once with Jimmy Carter. It wasn't nearly this bad. You, you weren't even born yet, Kurt. But we lived through Jimmy Carter. We got Ronald Reagan as a result, and that put this country back on track. Um, this is worse, but again, we're going to have to live with it for at least 706 more days as we are uh, doing this podcast. Now, who do I want impeached? My orcas. 
the guy who's responsible for what's happening on the southern border. I mean, if it's Biden policy, that's one thing. Uh, be a man and resign. Say you don't agree with it and resign. But because you're saying everything's hunky-dory down there and we know that uh, fentanyl is, is just coming across our border and it's killing kids, um, he needs to be impeached and removed from office because he is just completely um, not – well, he's not doing his job. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly agree with uh, the, the kind of the core of what you're saying, which is, you know, impeachment is a political process. It's up to Congress to decide what they want to impeach for and who they want to impeach. But it's certainly not going to solve the core problems that we have in politics, right? I mean, uh, impeaching Donald Trump didn't change anything. Impeaching Joe Biden joke. is not going to change anything because it's not going to change the political makeup of the population. You know, what we need to do is we need to win in the culture and win with the power that we have in politics and actually institute some real change and, you know, get better leaders in there uh, next time around. And that's what's going to make a difference, not, you know, just, I just waving your it, hands in the yeah. air and making big noise about it. I just want to make it clear to the liberals who listen to us and who follow us on Facebook and, and other platforms that we have um, that impeachment is your tool. That's what you did. Okay. You didn't like Donald Trump. Uh, he was an asshole, and, and you just didn't like him. And so you impeached him not once, but twice. That's your playbook. Our playbook is, if you voted for this, suck it. You deserve it, and we need to live through it, and hopefully learn some lessons along the way, and we don't go down this road. And maybe we start to shrink the size of government instead of expanding it at every turn, like the Democrats are. Um, that's that's my lesson to you. Just know that I am never personally going to call for the impeachment of Joe Biden, unless, of course, you know it's revealed that he has committed a crime. <laughs> if if this this whole thing with Hunter turns out to be um, related to Joe, and Joe is the big guy, and we uh, follow the money, and the money trail goes to China and all that, and you prove it, yeah, he needs to be impeached because that's following the Constitution, not this. I don't like the guy, so let's impeach him. That's what you did to Donald Trump, not once, but twice. Okay, we leave you uh, with this on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is for Did you take care of your wife? This is your first Valentine's Day. Well, this is our technically our third Valentine's Day. No, your first is a married couple. Yeah. <laughs> that's a different deal. Yeah. So you did? Actually, or? no, that's not true. It's our second as a married couple because we got married in January. Oh, that's right. I keep thinking because yeah. you just got back from your quote-unquote honeymoon. Yeah, we, um, went out to, uh, we went out to a nice dinner last night, and then uh, you know, I'll get her something today. All right. I took care of my wife as well. And it's good to know, and, and I don't know, do you know the whole thing about a white rock in front of your house? No, you know, you put that in the notes. I, I wasn't sure what that meant. I, what I have been told... And I wouldn't know this from personal experience, but what I've been told is if you are a swinging couple, right, you guys are swingers, you indicate that by putting a white rock in your front yard. Really? So drive through neighborhoods, and if you see a white rock, uh, allegedly it go confirms. Knock on the door. Go knock on the door and say, hey, <laughs> are you guys swinging? So I don't know if they're swinging in the White House and the vice president's residence, but what I know is Dr. Jill Biden, when she entered the chamber for the State of the Union, uh, Kamala Harris's husband was there. And, um, you know, in polite society, when you're going to, you know, greet someone of the opposite sex, 
typically you do the air kiss on the cheek, right? You don't yeah. really touch, but you do an air even, kiss on the cheek. Even that is not really that common anymore. I mean, people my age certainly do that. Well, don't, certainly, don't do that. Don't do that. They, we don't do that. Certainly, you don't lip lock. I mean, you yeah. know, if you know, if if my wife and you were in the balcony and she walked in and you laid one on her, I'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I would. <laughs> so this is Dr. Jill Biden coming into the uh, House chamber. And who does she see first? Kamala Harris's husband. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Hey. How about that? Let's get it. Let's get that again. Roll that again. One more time. Do you think there was time involved? I don't know. That's yeah. That's pretty good, though. I mean, kiss on the lips? Yeah, it's a kiss on the lips, man. What are you going to say? Well, what are you going to say? It's Valentine's Day. Roll some Faith Hill for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. This one's for you, Dr. Jill. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can kiss me anywhere you want. Kiss me all over. Exile from 1976. I want to kiss you all over and over again. And that, my friends, is a week-delayed episode of Tale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.